to another episode of Too Young for the Shit, an adolescent addicted to action. I'm your host, Tony McMillan, and with me is an individual who always instills joy-joy feelings in whoever he encounters, Mr. Peter Leon. Hello, again. And we have a very special guest. Um, I will say he's a comic book creator. He is a podcaster. He is a, a media mogul. Uh, Mr. Eli Schwab. Hello, hello. Welcome, and I hope you have joy-joy feelings as well. Um, I hope there's no boggles today. What is your boggle today? What is my boggle? boggles? Yeah, Yeah, my boggles. I've I've had a great day. Boggleless. Boggleless. Well, guys, if you haven't guessed it or read your uh, podcast thing, we're going to be talking about Demolition Man, uh, the 1993 mini masterpiece uh, starring Sylvester Stallone, Sandra Bullock, and Mr. Wesley Snipes. Um, Let's go in real quick. At the beginning, when was the first time you saw this? Did you see it in '93? I it. So is that when it came out? I think so. Okay, that answers a question I had because I the last time I watched it, it said it was like it says it's released in '97. Well, it, the movie takes place at the beginning in '96 or '97, it, it, which it's like does that Predator Two thing, which like we're gonna do four years into the future no, no, no. and it'll be. I understand that because it takes place in '96, but on the release date it said '97. I was thinking to myself. I thought it came out way earlier than that, so I'm glad that that was incorrect. So it's 93. 93 is, is what I what I read. Okay, well, Apple, fuck you, Apple, for giving us faulty information. Um, um Apple, if you want to sponsor the podcast, uh, that's no, fine with us. Get your shit straight, Apple, and then we can talk. Eli, uh, do you have any strong feelings towards the Apple Corporation? My day job is I work for Apple. <laughs> well. <laughs> Maybe maybe you can whisper in one of their ears that they need to get their shit. Oh, straight. I absolutely will. Yeah. Maybe you could go to apple.com slash feedback yeah. and uh, send some feedback in. Uh, uh, Mr. Peter Leon, uh, I will ask you once to uh, enhance your calm. No. <laughs> fuck, fuck this faulty information. Nah. Okay, first off, that's going to be one of the first of many uh, uh, minutes for the verbal morality standard. Thank you. <laughs> um, that, I will say, is one of the funniest parts of the movie. Is this, In the background, they, they never forget any Always. swear. It's, oh, and it's, it gets funnier every time. Actually, they don't have them in cars, so they curse in cars, and they're not getting any shit for that. Oh, shit. We got a, we got a, a professor here. Okay, great. Hey, I love- right. <laughs> so, Eli, um, when's the first time you saw this, man? Oh, man, it was definitely way back in the day. Uh, we we were big on these these action films when we when I was growing up. I, I know that I had this taped off HBO. I'm not mm. positive. You know, I think it was one of those ones where you're like, oh shit, it's starting. You scramble to find the VHS, like pop in, and like your tape doesn't have the beginning. You know, like I'm pretty yeah. sure my tape came in during like the opening credits. I missed that whole like 1996 shit. Like it just started. Oh, I love the intro, and actually, I did not know until this. I was watching on Amazon Prime, and when you pause it, it has little factoids. And one of the factoids was the, the intro that takes place in '96 was the idea of a uh, Fred Decker, who's the guy who did uh, Monster Squad, and he uh, did RoboCop Three, which is not good. But he uh, had the smart idea of going, "Let's show these guys in their natural habitat first and he, and that was one of the, the drafts he kind of uh, he did at the very end. Right, that was his rewrite. Um, yeah, and I was gonna say real quick, like Pete, I don't really usually ask you this, but um, do you did your dad or your mom like these movies at all? You no. or your sister, or is it kind of you and you and your buddy Alex? Yeah, basically, it was just me and Alex. Well, and I guess you know every other like teenage and little kid boy. <laughs> but your dad was never down to like oh, fucking watch Demolition Man. Let's do this thing. Uh, I don't recall ever watching any of the action movies with him. I, I think later in life I tried to get him to watch Reservoir Dogs, and he was just like appalled. 
Just, he like couldn't believe <laughs> like what he was saying. Your dad's a pretty sweet guy. I could kind of see that. Um, Eli, what about you, family wise? Anyone on the couch with you? Or are you just doing this thing solo? Yeah, well, my dad loves these action movies. I mean, we would always go to Seagal movies. Like, you know, we would have like my mom's not huge into it. She's a little soft when it comes to the action films. Uh, she just doesn't like them. She might listen to this. You're not soft, sure. mom. You're a strong <laughs> woman. Uh, but yeah, but my dad loves the action movies. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's more into the mystery genre or the uh, you know books. But uh, yeah, dad loved them, man. We would always see Seagal films and go see these action movies. We loved any type of time travel, future stuff. You know, he was right. huge into Star Trek and all that stuff. So he got me into all that. So yeah, dad loved it. This movie in particular was one of those ones where like after high school or middle school, my friends would come over to my house. We would put it on after, you know, wherever we left off the last time, pop some uh, jalapeno poppers in the toaster oven and then, you know, <laughs> chill back on the couch and, and destroy some demo, man. That's awesome. Um, so uh, I'm not the world's biggest Stallone fan. I do like a lot of his movies, but um, I will say this is one of the higher up ones. And rewatching, it's not perfect, but it has a lot of style, and and he's really he's really good in it. He's he's actually pretty charming and whatnot. Like um, Pete, like Stallone wise, I think you said before this is probably your favorite Stallone movie. Before we go any further, and I know listeners at home can't see this because Tony is refusing visual. Uh, companion to the audio but it says do you see right here well i don't know if you can see that but on apple it says 1997 that's weird so it's not no i mean i know that we i think we all agree that apple's terrible and they're wrong over there <laughs> why do you want eli to get fired i can comment neither positively or negatively i'm just kidding i'm actually doing this on my imac and that was my iphone so it's like that it's, well don't they, they have a strong, brown they have a stronghold on me so my question yeah sorry <laughs> Continue. No, no, I'm not going to repeat it. Remember my question? Uh, was this my favorite Stallone movie? <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Uh, no, obviously that's Cliffhanger. Oh, damn. I'd say Cliffhanger okay, okay. is like the best Stallone movie. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, Rocky. It's like, shut up. All right. R Rocky's good, but it's no Cliffhanger. Yeah. E Eli, feel free to say Rocky if that is your favorite <laughs> Stallone film. No, I, I think know. this one is. I think this is my favorite Stallone as well. I like okay. Judge Dredd too, but um. Oh no, you are, I'm sorry. That's only because it's only because Stallone's at his best when he's got Rob Schneider by his side. We're gonna get, we're gonna tackle a Schneider uh, <laughs> quagmire. Um, but um, I, I'll say like I, this movie is really fun, and I'm a big sucker for action sci-fi. Yeah. And Stallone doesn't do a lot of that besides Dredd in this one, so this one is definitely my favorite of the two. Um, Cliffhanger rocks. I, I gotta rewatch Cliffhanger to kind of judge them, but um. What about Snipes? So Snipes, like before I rewatched this, I was in my head like he steals the show, and he kind of still does. But um, I'll say Snipes is is one of my favorite parts of the whole movie, and I like a lot of Snipes movies. I like him in dramas. I like him, you know, when he actually does real acting. But in this movie, to me, he's basically a, a 1966 Batman villain. He's hamming <laughs> yeah. the shit up hard. Phoenix, yeah, yeah. And I think it mostly works for me. The one thing I will say is any Simon Says joke is just oh, dog shit. I, really I didn't laugh. Man. Yeah. I, I, I think that can be said about like all the jokes that they're like trying to be funny. Like it's hilarious there when some, they're not trying to be funny. But the jokes that they're like purposely trying to be funny, I'm just like, no. With your dad jokes, no. So back to the snipes of it all. Pete. Did you did you love Snipes? Do you think he's okay? What, what, what's your take? I mean, he was good. He's definitely like an over the top, like ridiculous villain. 
I don't know if it's my favorite Snipes movie. That might be uh, Passenger 57. It's a good one. Always bet on black, man. You can't beat that. Uh, Eli, where, where, where are you at with Snipes in this? Love Snipes, man. He, oh, I always loved him from this. I ended up liking uh, Dennis Rodman because of like the look. <laughs> and I did right. read that like while Snipes hated the hair, like blondness, that Rodman was like, I love it. And that's like apparently where he got the idea from. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I guess it's in the, like, the big basketball documentary that came out like last year yeah. or whatever. But yeah. um, And he actually talks about how, like, basically it's like he changed his hair color. Madonna called him. His life got much better. I changed <laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah, Snipes, good job. Now, I mean, um, he's great. Obviously, Blade. He kills it in Blade hard. Yeah. It's a little bit of a different, like, Snipes realm. But then also there's a Spike Lee film, Mo Meta Blues, that he's oh, in yeah. with, um, yeah, with um, and even, Denzel. Yeah. Jungle Fever too. Like he's when he actually does. My favorite like actual acting role is White Man Can't Jump. I think he's really. Oh shit! I forgot about that. Okay, no, that's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, I kind of separate his category. He's kind of Bruce Willis. There's action categories, and then there's when he's actually trying to you know be a real person. Wait, when does Bruce Willis ever try to be a real person? (laughs) Oh, the Boat Cop movie, dude. Remember when he sees Dick? That that's as real as you get. Yeah, that's definitely an action movie. Boat Cop, dude. Like the film is actually called Boat Cop? No, no, it no. should be called. I, I uh, refuse to look it up, but it's uh, it's basically. I know Boat what you're Cop. talking about. Uh, you see his dick. Oh. It's good. Oh. He's like in a jacuzzi. Well, you or see, you Anyhow, see his dick in Pulp Fiction as well. I think you just see the ass. I, could, I gotta rewatch I'm it. Pretty sure you see like the base of the shaft. Does that count? Well, here's a question: is, is Bruce Willis's penis look any different than Bruce Willis's head, or is it actually like a little version of his skull? Uh, well, it's got more hair. Ah, it's so mean, but you know what? Accurate. <laughs> Definitely accurate. Partial credit. Um, okay. One, uh, let's, let's see here. Back to the Simon Phoenix. Okay, his character, over the top. The overalls are really important to me. Him, like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone kick ass in overalls before. Maybe you've never seen a little film called Chucky? <laughs> uh, he was a good guy. Um, here's a, Speaking of... Uh, questionable overalls did snipes character steal them from the warden is that were those the no those overalls? are those are like prison issue because i noticed they have the logo that like other prisoners or like the people that work there have like on their breast he's got it like huh? right here so it's like what are these prison issue overalls how stylish okay. follow-up question wardrobe wise his awesome tire suit uh, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing uh w- where did that come from what's well, going around the future and- all the scraps have those. Dennis Leary's wearing his tire armor as well. Yeah, but I feel like he, he like goes underground. He won't see it. He comes back. He's like, you know, I can't do it without some extra dudes like Jesse Ventura. And he's like, okay. <laughs> well, that, I, yeah, I, that, I that's how he gets. I think that's when he gets the outfit, right? Is after he's made like his request of like these specific like backup I, people. I think it's when he made. I thought it was when he was asking uh, for yeah. I could be. I don't know. But it doesn't, doesn't matter. I did. I did appreciate Mad Max by, by rubber tires. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Before we go any further, <laughs> the beginning of this movie. You know how it's like this like hellhole like Los Angeles is on fire and like he's like in control of this like abandoned warehouse and it's just like a complete shit show. They don't address like why. Why is it like that? Like is and it they get all pissed at him for demolitioning everything for sh- like fucking everything up. But it's yeah, like, like why was this is already a abandoned warehouse? And it's why like- was the Hollywood sign on fire? And like they have like the wide shot of L.A. where there's like multiple fires. So it's like obviously like some kind of like hopeless like nightmare i have a, i have a theory those um 
fast food franchise wars we only heard about, right. that was the beginning of them. So oh. Taco Bell and maybe Mickey D's set fire to the Hollywood sign. But what I'm saying is that is that localized just in Los Angeles or is like the whole world gone to shit? Because then I when, that. when L.A. or whatever turns like perfect and it's like this utopian like perfect land where everyone's happy and perfect and there's no swearing again if it was respond if that one man was responsible for all of this then was that just in los angeles and the rest of the world is as normal or does somehow the whole world like that i was I th- also wondering that i think the whole world must have gone to shit i think you know of course simon phoenix did his part but i think it, they said that after he was put on ice, things kept getting worse, and there was like, uh, you know, the franchise wars, and then there was the the big earthquake. I think shit was going going south, no matter what. But I'm saying now in the future, now that everything's perfect and happy, is the whole world perfect and happy, or just oh, or just San Los Angeles? Yeah, San Angeles. Yeah, yeah I, that's a good question. I kind of feel like it's different. Like, like, like it's just just San Angeles or whatever is like that, and the rest of the world is. Well, then no why would they be so like offended by swear words and like have no concept of like fighting or firearms if the rest of the world is like normal? Shit doesn't make sense, it man. Almost, we need to get the. It almost sounds like they wrote this movie in two weeks and just filmed it. I don't. I don't want to speak out of yeah, turn. We can't but. speculate. <laughs> well, because it, it didn't seem like this was like a multi generational thing. Like this had has been going on for generations in order to make them not know what like fighting is or whatever. Right. Like, well, just everything. Like how the music is only like old commercials. Again, is this just right. San Angeles or is this like the whole world? Because if the whole world is like this, then why does it matter when Wesley Snipes kills the founder of like this? Unless this is like the first city that went that way, and then the rest of the world followed suit or something. Just like, but again, I think we're devoting more time to this than anyone on set ever did. Right. Well, I mean, that's the idea behind this podcast to dig deep. Go on. I'm not going balls deep in this movie. (laughs) Balls, balls. Gonna let that. That was a sexual (laughs) reference. Appreciate that, Peter Leon. Um, Let's go to maybe the most important part of this movie and the reason why I have Peter Lee on even on this podcast. Um, in the film, a memorable scene is that uh, Stallone finds out that there's only one restaurant left and it's uh, Taco Bell and that all restaurants have become Taco Bell. Um, I posited to my, my, my co-host and my guest um, in the future that there could only be one restaurant and it was fast food and you had got to pick which fast food franchise it would be. What would it be and why is that Chipotle? Well, let me just explain. <laughs> Let me just explain to the listeners at home, in case you didn't realize, because Tony understands, but maybe not everyone else does, that Taco Bell is, in fact, the greatest restaurant of all time. And not just fast food, it's of all time. If someone was like, hey, would you like to do this like five-star steak diner, steak dining area, or would you like Taco Bell? I'd be like, Taco Bell. So it's the best. And, and I want to back this up. This is going to sound sarcastic, but I actually do mean this earnestly. Me and Peter, uh, Peter still lives in Tucson, Arizona, and I, I live there myself. And what he's saying is a very brave thing in Tucson. There's a lot of people who don't realize that you're not going to Taco Bell for authentic Mexican no. food. You can go anywhere else for that. Yeah. You're going to Taco Bell for Taco Bell. Yeah, right? you're going to Taco Bell for the best food on earth. People are like, oh, it's bad Mexican. It's like, I didn't say anything about it being Mexican food. Did I say it was Mexican food? Right. No, it's just fucking delicious. So my question is twofold. Okay, so Peter would pick Taco Bell. He's he's fine with as is. Eli, if you had to pick a fast food franchise to be the only restaurant in the future, what would you do? Do you, you find Taco Bell? You want to you go Arby's? It? What do you want to do? I'm going Taco Bell. I've also had a long history with Taco Bell. I loved it. Many times I've even been in these situations where I'm eating healthy, and yet mm. I always make time 
for Taco Bell. Yeah, well, there's no reason um, to eat healthy, first of all. But <laughs> I mean, look at those guns. I mean, if we all had those, we wouldn't. Uh... <laughs> Peter, Peter's favorite thing to do is to post him working out and then him eating shit and just to flaunt <laughs> what he does. It's, it's pretty breathtaking, actually. I'm not, I think the last thing... I'm not flaunting. I'm just. <laughs> I just want people. Okay, to, well, I want people to to live. I want people to live their life. YOLO. You only got one life. You should have a yes. good time. Please don't use any uh, gang affiliation that's not, words on this podcast. That's a way of life. But um, let me say, let me ask you this. Okay, I I am going to break the heart of many listeners. Uh, Pete knows this about me, and I'm, I'm not proud of this. I have not been to a Taco Bell establishment in at least a decade. And it's not, I, have no, I don't have anything against Taco Bell. This hasn't come up. But I will say, these commercials, the, these, these very tantalizing commercials, the different new um, food offerings. They all look really uh, incredible. So if you guys could both briefly give me give me like a top two or three of like you got to try this. Dude. Well, Something new. Their new item is the quesalupa, which is Explain. it's a case. Well, it's a chalupa, but it's a case. It's mm. a chalupa wrapped in a quesadilla. So it's like a quesadilla as acting as like a taco shell. So it's basically it's like you have to eat it while on the toilet because it just goes like right through you. So right. every every bite you take, it just immediately comes back out your butthole. But I do two of my three meals on the toilet. It's yeah, fun. it's best. I want to know what kind of like sad life you're living where you haven't had the opportunity to eat Taco Bell in so many years. Like, what is this? I've just been cutting myself lately just to see if I'm still alive. Yeah, why do you hate watching Taco Bell commercials? Why do you hate enjoying things? This podcast was uh, it's over, <laughs> and it was it was a good time. You, All right, so is that the is that the number one? Well, number one. Is, what? is there anything else? The number one thing I gotta try, or is there something else? Oh no, that's hate? that's just the new item. I mean, like a chalupa. I'll say this: the chalupa itself, I'd say, is like the number one. Maybe I don't. There's so who can choose? Who could pick just one? Here's, I'm so far back in the catalog. I want to try the Dorito show. Yeah, it's incredible. You know what that? It's really good. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like a fucking taco made out of Doritos. Oh yeah, everything you want it to be. Okay, See, I haven't been for a minute either, and my two main go-tos aren't even on the damn menu anymore. Enchirito, mm. steak Enchirito, that mm. was my go-to. Nine nine cents, mm. always like a nice little little addition. A little Took it off the okay. menu. A little sprinkle. The Baja beef, Baja steak chalupa, also gone. Peter has a really serious nod, like you're right. Well, the thing <laughs> is, right, the right. thing is, there's two. The the thing is is that while those items are off the menu, the good news is is everything that Same is menu. on the menu, they're all made with the same like four to six ingredients. So if there's something that you don't that's not on the menu, just get something else because it's the same fucking ingredients. <laughs> Wait, also I've heard is there like a secret menu? Can you like do some code words and shit, Konami code and get some like cool stuff or no? I don't know. I figured you're like the main like bell guy. I mean, I just like I said, it's like six ingredients just prepared differently. So I'm just like, I have some of that, some of that, some of that, and some of that, and that's that. And then the, the it. thing is, is I enjoy eating inside Taco Bell, like by myself. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you briefly became Arnold in Total Recall when he's like reading The Martian Air. Yeah, I enjoy eating inside Taco Bell by myself. That's like one of my favorite things to do. And every every time that I go, they make a comment about my like physique every single time. Right. And I've been going there for you know like a very long time. And it's like to the point where I'm just like, just don't, just stop. I do before you we know. before we move on. I, I will say I you know I do live a sad life, but your one of your favorite things to do is to eat Taco Bell alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. I think we're on. I think we're on parallel trains it's, it's, to a dark, dark. Place. It's like meditating. Some people do yoga. Some people meditate. I just like to sit quietly in the Taco Bell and just like <laughs> contemplate and think about all my life's like failures. Backup question: You have no failures. Come on, you're, you're utter perfection. Thank you. You're Adonis. Now, here's a here's a here is a failure. Here's something. What would be the worst fast food restaurant to be the only restaurant in the future? Like Mc, I'm not McDonald's. a fan of Arby's. Oh come on, man! The Arby's is so you good. like Arby's it's over McDonald's? So good, yeah. They're big Montana. <laughs> Jesus, you know the menu? It's oh, so God, good. Maybe those, it would be- those curly fries. I'm sorry. Wait, what's that, Eli? I say maybe it would be Chick Fil A because that would show that our our nation has gone down a terrible path of. Uh, not yeah. appreciating uh, minorities and LGBTQ communities. Yeah, so. fuck Chick Fil A. Yeah, I, uh, while their chicken I, is delightful and delicious, <laughs> it's also full of hate. Yeah. Okay, it went down a pretty weird place, but I like that. Okay, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> I will say one something cool before we wrap up the uh, Taco Bell in a nice warm shell filled with cheese. Mm. Uh, at San Diego Comic Con a few years ago, it was a Demolition Man. Uh, and, yeah. like a, a, um, anniversary and so they opened up a pop-up that was like taco bell 2030 whatever 2032 yeah. and so it was this fine dining restaurant like we couldn't get in like we were working anyway but people were waiting two and three hours to get in there yeah and the only way that i saw the menu is like jim lee got a table and he was posting about it and then also an, an amazing thing is the san diego convention center is a filming location for this film many times. Many different locations are just the San Diego mm. Convention Center. And at one point, like when they're driving to the Taco Bell, they're they're just driving like in a circle in the front of the San Diego Convention Center. You can tell that like they're in this point and and then later they're in they're like past it and it's the same exact location. Yeah. They also in Las Vegas they have like an official like fine dining Taco Bell. It's not like a pop up. It's just there to stay. It's like Oh, and it's not like Demo Man themed. It's like yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that's where they got the inspiration from. But it's like fine dining. Like you get dressed up. They have like all the like wine and like beer and stuff at the bar. Have you Have you been there? I have not been there. That's the That's the dream I want to live in. But while we're talking about Taco Bell being the only restaurant in the future, Mm -hmm. I'm you may or may not know this because you know all the factoids. But you know that's only in America, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. So so the rest of the world got uh, Pizza Hut. And, and it's funny to me. I think I think they actually wrote in the script Burger King, and they they couldn't do that. Mm. Taco Bell seems exactly right. Yeah, Taco and Bell I think they had um they had a tie in like during when the movie was coming out. You could go to Taco Bell and you could get like a cup, a glass cup. But they also like had a, a Pizza Hut tie in as well. I remember seeing the commercials for that. Well, Pete, let me ask you this: I've never seen like a, a foreign version of it, but like the scene when they actually showed the food. I know it's basically these three little triangles artfully done, that, but they look quasi like Mexican food. Are those? Are they, they actually like put in some like CGI pizza? No, they 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 or? shot alternate takes for all the scenes where they oh, mention and show crazy. Taco Bell. Yeah. There's, wow. there's like shots. I mean, you can see on YouTube where you see they're like pulling up to Pizza Hut and like you see the pizza and they're talking about pizza. Fucking weird. Um, this is not exactly like alternate, but like they for two days on set, um, the the role of Huxley played by Sandra Bullock was um you said her uh, name played word. by Lord. <laughs> I know. I I, I, sounded, I felt weird. Bull- Bullock. Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Um, Sandra Bullock was played. Uh, her character was played by Lori Petty from uh, Point Break and whatnot. And I guess her and Sly did not get along. And that's the eye to eye. And I also 
I personally like I like Lori Petty a lot, uh, but I, she doesn't seem like right for this role at all. I think this character should be kind of naive and and kind of bubbly, and and Lori Petty seems like too seasoned and whatnot. Like, could you guys imagine anyone else besides Sandra Bullock at this time in the role? Or, or... no, no, no. Uh, yeah, exactly. She's she's perfect. She was like my. She was always yeah. She was yeah. my. She was like uh, I think like my first like celebrity crush definitely my first celebrity crush when i was looking from speed well yeah absolutely from speed but then that was like right around the time when i started like masturbating i I could see you searching for the word like do i say pounded or do i so that was like the quest like the holy grail was to like see sandra bullock naked i would have like murdered 10 hobos to see her naked when i was a kid you get a kind of fake out in this version oh i know i paused it like that was like my one of my top ten pausers where I'm just like, please, please, come on, come on, wait, is that it? Maybe is that a boob? I don't, I don't know. Little, little hunk of chunka. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I, it's still pretty hot. It's, it's weird, and I would love, I would love to see what she sees of Stallone in the weird like lighting and like, weird cuts and whatnot. Yeah. His ADR I, in that scene. I'll talk about. I imagine, that, I, I imagine Stallone's doing the same scream he does in front of every explosion uh, in this film. Yeah. I think it happens three or four times. He's just like, <laughs> I'm like, did this do it one take and just kept on putting that that scream in? <laughs> yes, because it's pretty much like identical. Yeah, I agree. I don't okay, think so, anyone else could have played it either. And Lori Petty was like, she seems like a little too. Because, like, I think of her as, like, Tank Girl. Yeah. And even, like, her character in League of Their Own was still, like, a little hard-edged and, like, punky and stuff. Right. Even even as a little sister, she still is not, like, she's not she's not funny or not, like, naive and kind of open like this. Like, her, I couldn't see Laura Petty delivering all the, the, the slang the wrong way. Right. And that's having the same delivery. Just about to say, yeah. Yeah. What's, what's my favorite? I think she's, like, um, what's Lick Their Ass or something lick like that? Lick Their or, Ass. Yeah. Yeah. That, I enjoyed that. So that. Or we're going to go, we're going to go blow him. Yeah, and I'll say those Joe's jokes mostly landed for me. There, there is some not great humor in here, but those ones worked. Although I will say the two funniest moments for me, and I would love to hear your funny moments. Number one is uh, Wesley Snipes just taking that dude's head and slamming it against the wall in the museum. Yeah, I know it's coming. I always like just bust a gut <laughs> laughing because it looks so hard. Like he, <laughs> yeah, he ricochets off. And then the other one is um. They're showing like newsreel footage of Stallone uh, back in the day uh, demoing stuff. And he has a little girl on his shoulder. And the newscaster's like, you know, this girl's ransom was less than the damage. And, and the little girl's like, hey, fuck you, lady. Yeah. It's such a good delivery. That was great for me. What other uh, jokes are like, that's that's pretty funny. Intentional or unintentional? What would you like? Pete? Well, what I think is funny is like the gratuitous nudity that literally served no purpose whatsoever it was like that girl she's like oh my god wrong number i was like hey. you can't have a 90s action movie without gratuitous nudity like yeah. they're like we where are we gonna fit the fully naked woman in they're like excuse me be like oh no we, we need to have at least one shot of a completely naked woman yeah. i think in the 90s there was a union yeah like like a bunch of nude ladies with crazy hairspray hair like hey <laughs> No, we got you, two men. No, you know the men were in charge of that union. I want to know, like, the lady that oh, yeah. auditioned. Like, who was in charge of like the auditioning for that? They're like, so you got one line, and you have to be completely naked. They're like, I really want to do that. I want this is my big break into Hollywood. <laughs> my biggest problem with it was like just like it opened up this question to me. I'm like, okay, I know like they don't have like physical sex anymore. Right. But I guess they still show each other their bodies. Yeah, that's the same like, thing. Hey, that's like Blue Ball City. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to have a girlfriend, and she's gonna call me fully naked, but I can't like touch her. That's dumb. 
Well, it doesn't make sense too because it's she says wrong number, but it's like mm. they're not dialing like five 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 zero one four seven anymore. You'd be like call Billy or something like that. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be she's like a, she's a voyeurist. She's yeah, totally probably. into that. Yeah. So I'd say that was my most comical moment in the movie. <laughs> Even when I was a kid, yeah. I was like, that would made no sense. Like I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gladly I'm gonna pop and masturbate to this, but it still made no sense. <laughs> Yeah, you're no. mockingly laughing at them while you just rub one out. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's healthy. Yeah. I think Eli, that there hi. was a, <laughs> one really funny thing. Like as soon as he is like unfrozen and he's like chilling there, the first thing he says is like, "Let me get a Marlboro. You don't smoke anymore? Yeah. Let me get a Marlboro." And you're like, "What? That's your first thing." He doesn't smoke at all throughout the rest of the movie. But he's like, yeah. Give me a Marlboro. And I know they must have had like. They got Marlboro in because at the well, beginning Simon's got snipes, a pack, a pack yeah, of reds yeah. next to his rails that he's blasting off on. And also, I understand like all these action films, like everything's accelerated, right? You got to move the plot along. But Sloane wakes up after thirty years, whatever, in the ice. Wife is dead. By the end of that night, he's like, "Oh, we're gonna have some awesome sex, Sandra Bullock. Cool." And I'm like, dude, I think, you know, maybe a day off, just, just chill, just yeah. wait, mourn a little bit. I don't know. Maybe maybe you and the wife weren't doing great but when you, before you got frozen. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't seem I, to give two shits about his daughter either. Like, he mentions no. his wife. Yeah. He's upset about that. They mention his daughter. They're like, oh, we don't have time to tell you. And he's just like, fair enough. Then let's move on. Like, he doesn't bring it up again. You're like, what? Yeah, and she's like, I want to have sex. And he's like, I want to, too. Yeah. Hell, yeah. My wife's dead. <laughs> I read. I can't get this confirmed. I read this on one thing. It said like um, in the script there was a, one more mention of the daughter, and they took it out because they were they were afraid test audiences would start thinking that Sandra Bullock was his daughter before they had uh, any sort of yeah. sexual thing. Because like you know she might be the right age or whatever. Yeah, but that would make no sense because like obviously she knows who her father is and she knows who he is because he knows this whole right. backstory. So Ex- exactly. So I'm like that's why I'm like ah, I'm not gonna I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt. I don't this doesn't make too much sense. To yeah. Me. I think that sex scene is one of my favorite scenes. And also I think it's a very funny scene because like, yeah, not only like does, does it show like where it's happening, but then I started, you know, like how they have sex. But then I started thinking of all these like logistics, like she hands him this like towel. So like, what is that towel yeah. for? Like, is that where to cream go? Yeah. Or is that like to, to pat himself dry or like, no, that's, and then, that's like, definitely for his cum. Yeah, it's got to be like so. Then that bears the question: like, wouldn't you also have like maybe something that goes on or in down here? That's part of the whole contraption, or it just stimulates your brain. What What I thought was like, kind of troubled me is that so before he like actually starts concentrating and getting into it, she's already on her journey, and he's not really involved. So it's like you're not really even like doing something to each other per se. It seems like it's more like a a separate like mental like con- you know yeah. right and why and, and his adr is why didn't she get a hand towel i think eli's kind of saying no he like, well, get, like sylvester sloan gets the towel but why doesn't she get a towel yeah she could be a squirter we don't know is this where this podcast yeah. goes yeah yeah that's, it that's does now what i was referring to <laughs> well also his adr too i keep i keep trying to say it it's disgusting like, especially if you were listening to the movie on headphones, he's just like, ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, I can do, I can do like three hours of that. Go to oh, sleep yeah. To You're like, what the? And he's just like, oh, ooh. I actually think that Stallone and Schwarzenegger have, they made so many movies of them like moaning or screaming that they, they probably have amazing tapes that of like just their sounds <laughs> more, more than any other actors. Like Schwarzenegger, I think I've heard him do 
anything a human can make as, like with their voice. Oh, and yeah. Stallone's, Stallone's almost right there. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's so many things. What else did I write down? Like, oh, okay, yeah. The, the graffiti machine, I think, is a pretty interesting future thing that I like that scene, like where the thing pops up, it sprays the graffiti, like, what does it say? Like, life sucks or something. And then it's, it's pretty lame, yeah. Yeah. Like no one even graffitis words like that anymore. It's just like letters that look Well, I, I think it's it's really sad how ineffectual because it, it's up for like two seconds before the thing, you know, gets rid of it. Yeah. Why even but do like, it? But, but the cocktoo or whatever, the main bad guy is like, that's enough. I want Edgar Fredley dead. <laughs> and like I'm like, Don't you have impact? something to do? Isn't there a thought in your mind? Also, Simon? like I, I don't, re- I can't remember the first time I saw what I thought, but I, I thought it was pretty obvious. That, like, like they didn't give, they didn't try to make much of a mystery of it. It's like, okay, that guy's the bad guy. Like, oh yeah, gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the guy from Beetlejuice, like his little helper. Oh, uh, Otho, I love that. Yeah. And he like worm tongues that he like he like goes to any guy who's in charge. That I thought that was great. Also, fashion wise, uh, kimonos and like grandma clothes in general. I'm not against them per se, but I feel like this movie and Bill and Ted's future are pretty close fashion wise well and firefly too because you know how firefly mm. ends up like japan takes over the world or something like that there must have been some sort of well they're trying power they're probably trying to like i don't know base it on reality maybe like the that's where it's going you know like since that's probably is where like who's going to be running the world in the in the oh, far yeah, future no, yeah no it makes sense but like it's um because it's not just their wardrobe it's even like their apartments like the yeah. little sitting well or whatever it's called yeah even yeah even the the way the doors open they're almost like they're like fake screen door right. yeah right yeah okay let's get to uh, another important scene it also involves food this is when i think i initially it's like snipes is going to steal this whole show this is when stallone's like no no this this is my movie still rat burger yeah. i think rat burger stallone charms my, my my pants off there he's really funny he, I, I love the commitment to like, you know what? This is this is fucking good. Yeah, exactly. Like, did you guys enjoy the Rat Burger scene? Was it nothing special to you? Yeah, what do that you think? was nothing special to me. I seem to remember like th- there being this sound effect that made me think that this was like really delicious. Much like you remember in the Matrix when Cipher's in there and he's got that steak and he chews the steak right. and it's like it's like sounds so delicious. I felt like there was this rat bite. That like made me like think it was such an amazing scene, but I didn't I didn't hear it when I watched it the other day. But okay, so so the the follow up is I think would you would you eat a rat burger? Yeah, I mean I feel like that's no grosser than eating any other like form of meat, right? It's like when people like have a problem with hot dogs. It's like oh, it's made from like the worst parts. It's like why is that any grosser than eating any other part of a dead animal? Yeah, you could tell me it's a racist foreskin. I'm like I'll, I'll eat it. I'm really. <laughs> I will say I do have like, and I know it's irrational. Like when it comes to bugs, and I've eaten grasshoppers covered in chocolate, but I'm like, yeah, if I can see a bug's face, I don't really want to crunch into it. But that's just kind of me being stupid. Like deep down, it's just me. Well, I wouldn't want to eat anything if I could see its face. Yeah, but the rat burger. I'm like, especially if it smells good, man. I would chomp down on it. Yeah, and honestly, I. I Especially in that situation. Well, it's not like it's like a dead rat in between buns. It's like ground (laughs) up. It looks just like a regular burger. Who cares what kind of meat it is? Yeah. yeah, and you know, honestly, I, I, I like dogs just fine. I eat a dog. Wow. I don't care. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, I, it, well, Please like send all said, your man. hate mail to Tony McMillan, P.O. Box 
I don't, I don't know your PO box. So we lost Apple and people who like dogs. So there's probably still a pretty big audience out there for us. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're gonna get to um, this is this is the real shit now. No pun intended. Uh, the three seashells. This is probably the legacy of the movie. This is probably bigger than Taco Bell. This is what people think about about the movie. Three seashells. As a kid, it was a joke. If I said something about three seashells and you got it, I was like, okay, you're you're kind of cool, or you're really lonely like me, and you get it. Like I did it. Did it live up to your memory, or is like? Yeah, it's it's is it been is it been used too much or something? When you guys rewatched it, did you enjoy the three seashell stuff? Definitely, it hasn't yeah. been used too much. I don't recall anyone in my life like mentioning maybe like a couple of times, probably all from you, but like yeah. in my day to day life, no one's just like, hey, remember the three seashells and Demolition Man, nineteen ninety three. So when you're alone at Taco Bell, no one comes up yeah. to you and goes, hey, no, Pete. they just talk about my size. <laughs> <laughs> how much you bench? <laughs> yeah, you would not believe how many times people ask that. Um, I could. I seen you. You're like a fucking truck. You know why people ask me that? How many, you how <laughs> once as a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was hard. That was wrong of me. I think part of the joy of that three seashell scene is Rob Schneider's smugness too. He's like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. what the hell? You little shit. I, I do. I do enjoy uh, Stallone's uh, getting his uh, acquiring a paper by swearing profusely. That's and uh, great. Yeah. my favorite uh, thing is he says duck fucking. I think I've never heard duck fucking before. And no. I, I remembered that. I held on to that. That was smart. Um, so the three seashells, I, I had theories as a kid. I don't really remember them. I have got a new theory upon this last watch of how I think the three seashells work. Um, if you guys have theories, I would love to hear them and then I'll tell you mine. I don't think the writers had any idea of the technology it was just a throwaway joke and they probably would be saddened if they knew that three guys were on uh, a podcast talking about the possibilities of how they're used to wipe a butt hey eli peter doesn't know how to use a three seat <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good i uh <laughs> i i was reading on imdb i was trying to check out the things and they said that the writer was looking for some sort of futuristic way and he just called his buddy who was at that very moment sitting on the can and he looked just looked around his thing and he had like a jar of seashells and he's like i got seashells in here and he's like okay i can't help but think i always thought like it's not just they're not just seashells like you push them or mm-hmm. you lift them and there's something under there i always try to like think outside of the shell but um it just wasn't you know i, ne- I never thought it was like you're chopsticking it in there. And, you know. That's, I read that Stallone says that at some like press junket or somebody asked him about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I always thought it was like a I don't see that thing. as any better no. than toilet paper. No, it's got to it's right. so be my, like a bidet. Yeah. Okay, so my version, it contains them. I think the first seashell is a little bidet thing. Colonic goes up your ass with water, right? The second one has a small vibration that shakes out the remaining shit particles. And the third one is a little mirror, so you can just examine what you've done and make sure you're good to go. Or the reused seashells one or two. And you're giving me shit for eating Taco Bell by myself? While you're sitting there. Next time you go to Taco Bell, <laughs> I'll fly down. And we'll do this thing properly. You would never come back to Tucson. I've asked so many times. I'll come with three seashells. <laughs> Sounds good. Also, Taco Bell, just put three seashells in all your bathrooms. You I mean, have, have Absolutely. paper. Absolutely. Or have like, have it printed on the paper. Just do it. Like I think there's no lawsuit. Just, just go for it. I wonder if in that San Diego Comic Con one in the bathrooms they had the three seashells. They oh, had to. Oh, that would have been great. They had to have. Okay, so we talked about it a little bit with the, the laugh. Rob Schneider, 
is he funny? Is he sometimes, and I mean his career, not just this film. Is he funny? Is he sometimes funny? Is he never funny? Is he only funny in certain Adam Sandler films? Did you like the animal? Uh, uh, hot chick. Was that, was that your stuff? I, I I'll don't jump know. in on this because I was, okay. I'm so, I was so big in SNL at that point. Right. I was already huge. Rob Schneider was already on SNL. 93 was kind of like the peak of that Sandler, Farley, David Spade, you know, killing SNL. And Schneider almost had the bigger, the biggest of the characters at at some point with the making copies guy, making right. copies, eh, the Mitch Meister, Mitch Rooney, you know. And and the beauty of that character is it could go anywhere, anywhere, and every person was in on it. Macaulay Culkin played the young version one time. He's I like, remember. hey, sharpen the pencil. <laughs> So and then he had he there was one that me and my girlfriend always do when we when we see like little cases or something like you know what that was for you put your weed in it like that was like right. always another character he was like a hippie guy so I guess my answer is that yes he has been funny but um, oh surf ninjas dude I kind of forgot about surf ninjas I uh, here's the thing I'm not trying to say he's never been funny I I think he has been funny I actually like. He's been uh, funny. Uh, in a couple of Sandler films, he kind of has a really uh, some really fun lines. I think he's better as not the main person. Yeah, yeah. And in this movie, I was like waiting for him to have a big line. His biggest kind of thing is the seashells kind of joke and yeah. being like extra wimpy. Like they're all wimpy, but he's like, like if you blow your nose too loudly, he'll cry. It, it's like over. It's insane. Pete Schneider, you you, uh, you with? I mean, at all? it's not that I'm not a fan of him in general. Like I'm sure he's a a nice guy, and he has made some like. He's made me chuckle a little bit, but I mean, he's definitely not like hilarious. And I feel like <laughs> the level of fame that he got is like just the right amount. You know, like he was famous. He's he's made some money. He's done some good stuff. Right. But like, he never exploded into like the mainstream like A-listers because he's just not that. I think he knows it too. I, I remember he hit, hit at a, a Cribs and he, uh, on the Cribs, he's like this is the house that Sandler bought, uh, and it's like good, good for you, guy. At least you you kind of get what you know we we think of you. Well, all he had was Deuce Big Male Jig, which was like funny. <laughs> is that what the kids call it? That's what we call it, Deuce Big Male. Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, and uh, his male jig was. I mean, that was funny. That movie was funny. I, I remember. I remember thinking it was okay. I, I think my favorite thing he's done is uh, in Big Daddy as a, a hip hop eponymous guy yeah. or whatever. Like that, yeah. that that's always funny. Like I don't know why. Um, and, so and I, I enjoyed. Arguably, his biggest role was "You Can Do It" because that's that huge. Over and over, yeah, he but, is, you know that's that. Right. Weirdo. He, he he'll always have that. <clears throat> and, and and I guess Judge Dredd, which I don't even remember <laughs> what he did in Judge Dredd. Oh, okay, so this film we're watching it. I, I'll say this. The third act for me just falls apart, and part of it is like I was trying to look for a great action sequence. I don't think there really is a great action sequence for me. The best is some of the, some of the fighting, especially with snipes involved, is pretty awesome. But there was no huge set piece. I was like, this is great. And the, the last act, it got a little too like Bond villain with the giant claw. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and for me, it's like Stallone, you can like just probably wriggle out of that, dude. Like I doesn't look that tight on you. And I think that was the one failing of the film. It kind of doesn't stick the landing at the very end. Uh, but that's just my opinion. You can be d- wrong and, and, and disagree. Well, I agree with that. Although I did always think it was cool how he died, where he got frozen oh, hell and yeah. get his head kicked off. That part was awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think uh, later on, uh, Jason X, uh, Jason Voorhees, uh, basically does the same like Mortal Kombat move on somebody, and people always give it accolades. I'm like, ah, that's Demolition Man did that way before, yeah. and they actually give it for foresh- for some foreshadowing at the very beginning when Snipes is, says, you know, I lose my head or whatever, and you're like, okay, so you're gonna you're gonna have your head lopped off at some point. <laughs> but yeah, the end of the movie, I guess it, now that I think about it, does fall apart because the very end, like when the credits roll. Like mm. the music is just completely out of place. Like it's hilarious. It's like yeah. the movie ends and all of a sudden it's like the song comes on and it is like very like eighties action movie. I realize it's like nineties action insane. movie. But I know, yes. but like it's just I knew they had to get it in there, but like it just seemed very, title, yeah, yeah. it seemed very forced. And also I think that song was written far before the movie was written. Yes. Yeah. But they got yeah. Sting to do a new version. Yeah. What's funny it was funny, the only time I could think of a of a weirder credit song was I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But at the very end, it has a Robert Downey Jr. like song, and it's like a very weird piano cocktail song, and it's like, oh, because Downey Jr. is like, I'm gonna fucking have my song on the credits for doing this. He's like, okay, whatever you want, Robert Downey. That that that's kind of jarred me, but um, I I was trying to think of a, a great action sequence, and I I, I, think I, I the, was kind the of the museum scene is. I was the, just gonna the, say the, the museum scene sequence. is the best one. Yeah. Agreed. Because yeah. you got the it, old guns and the new guns, and like you said, he smashes that dude off this the glass for nothing. He's like, how much do you and weigh? I, and he flips that guy. Love that. And, and like Snipes, you actually see him doing some of his stuff because he actually knows some martial arts. It always looks pretty cool. I do love, uh, especially at the beginning, I, I caught it like twice where him, him and Stallone are fighting and then they'll have Stallone's stunt guy. And uh, one, one time it was Snipes in the Stallone stunt guy. And Stallone's stunt guy doesn't look anything like him. And I almost think he's trying to make his face contort <laughs> in a weird snarl to kind of match Stallone. Like, just met, like keep that, that, that look, Bill. Let's go. It was kind of – it's funny. I don't know about you guys. But like, a lot of times I rewatched um, great action films like True Lies, for instance. And as a kid, I, I either just didn't care or didn't really catch like stunt doubles. But now on Blu-ray, what now? I'm like, oh my god, that's like yeah. that's not Stallone on that horse. They didn't or, or whatever. expect Blu-ray. They didn't expect yeah. like, the high fidelity. I feel like is that so? Is that you think that's all that is, or you think as a kid you're just like swept away by it? Or I mean, or what? Well, even when I was a kid, I would recognize like not always, but I, there's some examples where I'd recognize the stunt double, like Terminator Two. But now that they've like the bike, yeah. But they've like James Cameron digitally like put Arnold's face back on that in T2. Oh, I didn't realize that, really? Yeah, yeah, because the last time I saw it in the theater was like the anniversary or whatever. It's been like, mm, and he like, fi- he fixed all the mistakes. He did a total like, uh, um, what's the guy's name that made the Star Wars movie? George Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? I was just blanking on his name. I knew his name. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, he like fixed all that. He like CGI'd the hell out of like all the mistakes. And you think it, it was it wasn't weird to watch a different version? Of it? I actually like, oh, thought it good. was good because it's like all the like little issues i had when i was a little kid he fixed so he must have like edward furlong's acting or is that like still <laughs> come on he was great in that God, movie they never fixed that. no actually I'll, I'll say this i think he's 80 percent great there's a couple scenes it's like he's you know he's a kid actor what are you gonna do but um well you know he had to adr his every single piece of dialogue in that because of his voice he's, changing yeah oh his balls God. dropping yeah yeah and I, I think there's also part where um he got taller so they had to like dig a ditch and have him stand in it oh, so really? he looks shorter than sarah connor because oh, wow. he he gained like almost a foot or something crazy mm. i can't imagine that crap let's stay um, on topic here guys come on okay boom boom okay so stallone there are some moments throughout the film where i'm like stallone this is not working like the way you think it's gonna work for instance near the beginning talking to no one while he's on a helicopter or a plane he's like send a maniac to catch one i'm like I know you're doing this for the trailer, but like, why, why are you saying this right now? <laughs> and there's also when he, he kills somebody and he says like, um, he's like the, he's like, 
uh, enjoy it for the rest of your life, all two seconds of it, or something like that. I'm like, come on. This is like sub uh, McBain from The Simpsons or something. Yes. So I, that's like what like, this whole podcast is about, or these kinds of movies. That's like to be expected. Oh, no, no, I, I, it's funny. I feel like because the first few we watched have been like Die Hard. Point Break's already kind of getting there, but you know, Die Hard's a little higher standard. So this is when we're getting into the real shit of like. Well, yeah, and that's like to jump ahead, like where you say, is this a good action movie? Is this a good movie right. or is this a good action movie? In no circumstances <laughs> is this ever going to be considered a good movie. Like, this, yeah, like Die Hard, that's a good movie. This is right. like, this is barely a good action movie. It's like. <laughs> but I, I i'm with you I, I agree but i also i still i, I had a really good time but oh, yeah. yeah it's that's an eli you can have a totally different answer but yeah for me i, I that was one of the first things i was like yeah i mean it, when it gets gets by on it has a lot of charm i like some of the crazy ideas it proposes and um the, the performances are, are fun but um yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it's in the same level as a diehard or a predator or or t2 or any of that yeah that's just me and yeah, no, i agreed it's very fun for what it is and, and for the genre that I would like put it in classificationally. Like it is, it's, it's fun. I watch it again and again. I've owned it on VHS, DVD and digital. So right. I must Holy like shit. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't own the VHS. I taped it off HBO. But, right. But. So here's a question. I think there's some missed opportunities. Okay. So this movie comes out in 93 or 97 or who the <laughs> fuck knows when. Right. But it comes out before Batman and Robin. I think we can all think that's the truth, right? Well, Batman and Robin did so, come out in 97. Right. Yes. So my what I'm saying is like it would have been a really cool little, little touch is to have in Mr. Freeze's little fucking frozen menagerie a block of Stallone with his no dick weirdness. Just, just there in the background. This is a little thing because like Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger, they're always kind of having little jabs and having fun with each other. And in this film, the Schwarzenegger Library, Schwarzenegger's presidency, I, I think that was the first time I heard that joke. I think there's been – that joke's happened a few times after that. Yeah. So that's a missed opportunity. The other one is Jesse Ventura. Don't be wrong. He's not like an amazing thespian, but he, I don't think he has a line in this movie. I think he goes, rah, or says yeah. something like, but yeah, never like – but this is like after Predator where he's like, you can deliver some cool shit. Like, give him something. Maybe he got cut out or something. Maybe his lines got cut. They had to save enough screen time for the naked woman for no apparent reason. Right. I mean, I get that cut. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and uh, we also, can't forget to – oh, sorry. Yeah, we can't forget no, to mention uh, Jack Black's uh, very young role. He has uh, – he's on there for a couple seconds. Yeah, Wait, where's Jack this Black? Out to me. He's uh when when they're down underneath after the rat burger they're like standing around in a circle and they're like talking. Uh, Jack Black is right next to Edgar Friendly and he gives him. Yeah, cool oh down. wow! Yeah, yeah, it's young Jack Black. It's like it's like post uh, Neverending Story three before Bob Roberts. He's still kind of young and skinny and he doesn't have long hair. He's got like kind of shorter hair, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and he's yeah. there a little bit and then like we get a wider shot and he's there too. And hmm. yeah, that's awesome. I did have a story about the the frozen prop. Like, there's the the prop of Stallone frozen. It lived in a Hollywood uh, Planet Hollywood in uh, in Hollywood, <laughs> and um, you know he he owned those restaurants. I think so. Like, I was on right. this like trip as a kid. It was called a teen tour. That's what I called it. Where mm. a bunch of Jews put their kids in these uh, in, in this traveling bus that took them out to the West Coast and. Um, <laughs> 
you know, and um, so then one one day we had this like event where it was at Planet Hollywood, and it was like for a TV show where all these the brothers of all these big action stars like Frank Stallone was there. Oh hell yeah! Um, uh, Patrick Swayze's brother was there, and uh, I can't remember less who, hell yeah who <laughs> who the third person was, but they were taking questions from the audience, and I thought I was this you know snappy kid, snappy questions or you know snappier answers or whatever. And right. so I said to him, how does it feel to be standing under your brother's naked body? And he like looked up because he was right below his brother's naked body. And right. Frank Stallone, I got the better of him is what we can, We all know. that. Uh, you broke that man's heart. Down. He never lived that down. That's why he doesn't sing any more songs probably. <laughs> that's why he doesn't make people like you. And, yep, that's why, that's why oh. they took that down. Eli. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank, wherever you are probably dead um probably it's, it's probably would you would you guys go for a sequel to this movie like i, I kind of like maybe like 15 years ago yeah exactly if i was a I kid i would have been open to it but like if like i said this before if any of these movies came out now with me and an adult i'd be like i'm not gonna watch this shit like i got better shit to do with my time <laughs> like i appreciate it for like when i was a child but like let's not right. pretend that these are good movies here so like no I, I read that um, that they wrote they wrote not only a spec script for a sequel, but a spec for a prequel that was going to oh. be just in 1996 Simon Phoenix versus John Spark, well, well, and then see, the, the sequel was going to be, if I may, um, Jackie Chan was originally supposed to play Simon right. Phoenix, but he didn't want to play evil because he thought right. people in Japan wouldn't like like him anymore or something, and so then they were going to pitch that that. He came in to be the villain in issue two in the second one, and it just never got off. The and they, they actually keep a line where she talks about well, she, uh, Sandra Bullock. Around, yeah, she roundhouses somebody. She she learned it from Jackie Chan movies. That's also one thing. Like at the very end, where he kind of like uh, he tasers her head and gets her out of the action. I'm like, you could have found a better way to make it like so. Him and you know Snipes had a one on one battle. Give her something to do. Or it's just kind of lame, right? They but, um, always do that in film. I, I've noticed it. They'll they'll like punch out a girl to like make them not part of the scenery. Well, especially in older films, it was totally okay. Like, I'm going to knock you out just so you don't <laughs> right. maybe get. Yeah, it's like okay, it's cool. fine because I'm saving your life. Right, right. Uh, it's like what? <laughs> I, 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 the funny thing is like, when you mentioned the prequel, I'm not really into that because like what I like about this movie is it's sort of reverse the time Terminator. Travel, yeah, you you have two guys from the past into the future wrecking shit, and I I love two guys like Highlander this. The hidden when it's just two people who for some reason are unstoppable just trying to kill each other for two hours and they go to Taco Bell. That's that, that's what I'm into. I think they got so, some of the technology actually kind of right too. They had iPads pretty much straight up. Those little things they carry, it's almost like an iPhone. Those those little screens they have on those turny things, they the have weird Zoom call. They yeah. have that Zoom meeting thing now. Yeah, I, I think it does a better job than some movies. Although I, I think it, for movies nowadays, don't ever put a date on your future. Just let it be the future. Exactly. That's you're, you're evergreen it. Um, so I, I don't know, man. You guys have anything else but Demolition Man? You got to get off your chest. Oh, I have one more thing. I'm so sorry to do this. One thing. Okay, so of course Simon Simon Phoenix is a bad dude. We get it, right? His uh, like. Chinese like racist thing against the Asian people in the museum. Oh, yeah. Real I, I was wondering that the last time I saw that. I was like, I, I get it. He's a bad dude, but I'm like, I, we already know that. I mean, this seems a little excessive. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me. Yeah. I think I missed out. 
What did you? Oh, there's some there's some Asian people walking behind me. And he does some Ching Chang. And they're like behind. They're not even looking at him. It's like, okay, okay. Well, cool. And I, moving on. I want to know the extras that were cast for that part. Where they're just like, what is this scene for? All right, cool. Let's do it. I'm fine with this, 100. percent And the director's like, as long as it doesn't cut into my two minutes of titties, yeah. we're fine. I don't care. Put, <laughs> two whatever seconds. You want. Two seconds. Yeah, unless you pause it. What about all the stuff that's in Lenina's office too? It's like there's Batman in there. There's Lethal Weapon two poster. There's yep. like okay, like that's a I'm, set. I'm gonna also do this one more time. I almost forgot. So okay, Richard Donner, the director of Lethal Weapon and Goonies and Superman, all that stuff. For my entire life, I thought he was he cameoed in most of his films, and and he was in this movie at the very beginning playing a uh, when Stallone's in the past, and there's a guy going, you broke, you calls him the demolition man. He's like, you've done it again. I thought that was Richard Donner. Apparently, unless the internet is fucking with me, that is Richard Donner's cousin, whose name is uh, not Richard Donner. It's like Kyle. They look so much alike. When you told me to look, Steve Cahan. Yeah. So, do you, looked- do you guys also think that was Richard Donner? Or no. You, you just, did uh, you even recognize that guy? Because he was in Predator Two. He's in all the. He's like the sergeant, in Lethal Weapon. I recognize him for those movies, but I never thought he was Richard Donner. I swear it's like a Mandela effect thing. I swear to God, or, or, I, I scoured the internet looking for anyone who's with me, and the one person's like, "They look like the same guy, kinda." And I was like, "Well, yeah, you and me, dude. We gotta uncover this." I definitely like Googled them two together to try to find a photo of them together, and I didn't really find it. There it is. They Case look point. very similar, though, for sure. Oof. Okay. Nine Eleven was inside job, and Richard Donner is a liar. And fuck Apple. Also, uh, fuck no, Apple. I'm just kidding. No, no, Eli, we love you. No, no, st- no I'm just we, kidding. Thank you for employing. No, I'm, I'm using your. Could I get a discount? No, I can't get a friend's <laughs> discount. Okay. It's, it oh, goes man. to see if we're going to become either of those things. So. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, that, I said my piece, I think, now. And I'm sorry to interrupt. Anybody else have any more demolition stuff they got to get off their chest? Uh, I like in the police officer. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. no. I, I had nothing. In the, in the police station, we got two uh, um, people from the Ace Ventura films. We've got Roger Predactor, and we've got uh, the guy who owns the Wildlife Preserve on Ace Ventura 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, So that's that's a nice – Some some alumni. And I don't know if you put it together, but the guy Jack Lamb, who knows Stallone from the future, he was the uh, helicopter driver from the beginning. Yeah. And we saw him in Die Hard recently uh, die on a helicopter. He was uh, one of the the Johnsons, I think they were. The, uh, the two guys the same name. Well, does and he's always like, yeah, well. Doesn't he say that he was the helicopter helicopter pilot in the movie? Like it's not. I don't oh, think. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. 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 Stallone's like Lamb. Like last time I saw you, you were a snot nosed rookie or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And, and the guy, and the, the, of course, he's like, "I got old," and they go, <laughs> "Yep, you're gonna die too." It's, you must be like a hundred or something, dude. Also, okay, I got, I got one more thing. Uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer joke is really funny, oh and it's kind of even funnier now that he's dead. Yeah, uh, he's like, uh, I like that guy. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's cool. I mean, it makes sense. You know, you're you're into the pretty fucked up shit. And what about how fast Stallone knitted that sweater for Sandra Bullock? Okay, I'm so – this is the fifth time. I have one more thing to say. Okay, I love the whole knitting thing, but I was like – watching again, like, okay, doesn't he kill somebody with some needles because that's like a cool thing? you know? Or he like knits like a noose? No. I think that's a big missed opportunity, man. You're, yeah. You got some cool knitting shit going on. This, uh-huh. The only movie this is going to happen, Stallone's going to knit somebody to death or something. What happened? What happened? I, I, I thought the foam for the wrecked car 
was always a good idea. Like that, they should do. Yeah, that is you know, a good you idea. You wreck your car, and you, the foam comes in, and <laughs> why are you laughing over there? <laughs> I, 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 it's hard to explain. I, I love, I love this podcast. I think it's good. I think it's good for the people to hear this and, and to hear <laughs> how bad I'm hosting it. All right. Um. Uh, okay, man. So real quick, I want you guys to. Get some plugs out there. So, uh, Mr. Peter Leon, what do you got to throw out, people? Well, I'm hoping that the same listeners are listening every time, so they should know by mm. now that you can watch all my movies on PeterLeon.org. And uh, my band is recording some new music, and that's about it. Dead Retina is the name of the band. Yes, we're a punk band. That's oh, that's all I got. That's all I got. Beautiful. Yeah. Eli. Uh, well, I've got some publishing work coming out. Uh, we have this uh, group zine, group comic called Image Grand Design that's uh, about to release a PDF version on imagegranddesign.com. All the proceeds from that PDF is going to the Hero Initiative. I got the Ween zine, Don't Get Too Close to My Fanzine, the world's only zine about the band Ween. Pre-orders started today for issue six, and you can check that out on theweenzine.com. And uh, just keep uh, check me out at CosmicLionProductions.com to uh, check out Wizard 2, my uh, comics magazine, and uh, all the other publishing shit and podcasts and comics and everything. CosmicLionProductions.com Hot dogs, armor hot, hot dogs. Jilling okay. of the Jolly Green Giant, which is a, which is a, a guest spot by uh, Dave... Whatever, who was not only the Burger King commercial guy, but he was also at MTV VJ. Oh, that's fucking Dan Cortez. Dan Cortez, that's right. Dude, I, I, I look at my notes better. Dan Cortez is in this movie, guys. Thanks a lot. Yep. Bye-bye. <laughs> Be well. Be, Be well. well. Oh. I said it. <laughs> you, you that's how we're ending it. You my joke. <laughs> uh, that's good. No uh, hey. Stop thank the you. murder death kills out there, everyone. Oh, well, we don't have to include this. It's already over, right? I haven't stopped recording. We could, well, I know you haven't stopped you recording, got? but I'm saying. Oh, I just always thought Murder, Death, Kill would have been like a badass song title. And that, like throughout my whole years of making songs, I always wanted to do Murder, Death, Kill, but I was afraid people would be like, oh, this guy's troubled. He wants to like kill people and not understand that it's a joke. So I still might use it on the new Dead Retina album. But Are you concerned about that now of all the other shit you published and, and released? At what? this point, they know. That I'm a, a psychopath? <laughs> yeah, oh, all right. the, I think Murder Death Kills. You, you need to do. That's Murder a good Death band Kill. name, dude. That's yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's not recording. We're gonna keep it there. Uh, be well, I guess. Yeah, be still. well. Be well. <laughs> okay. All right.